Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. For more information on how CertainPath can put your contracting company on a certain path to success, visit our website, www.mycertainpath.com. I hope you enjoyed today's show and take away a nugget or two. Brent, thank you so much for being on the show. It's great to see your smiling face. For those who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you before, could you kind of share with everyone your name, your company name, and where you guys are located? Yeah, Bob, great. It's uh, it's great to be on on with you today. Thank you. My name's Brent Garrett. I'm with Sirius Plumbing and Air Conditioning. We're located in Dallas, Texas, and we we service mainly the northern part of Dallas, better known as Collin County, Plano, that area. Very good, very good. And we are talking for a very good reason. You have put together a book, which is uh, which is really impressive because as a person who's written many things in my life. That's a lot of, that's a big commitment, a lot of words, right? So share with everyone the name of your book. Sure. The, the name of the book is Swirling the Drain. Why ball, why small businesses fail and how to stop the leaks. I love it. I love it. Now, what, what made you write this book? What prompted that? Well, I think um, one of the things is, is that I used to do I've always been an entrepreneur and owned uh, service companies, um, but uh, back in my 30s, I'm 58 now, um, the train company through Steve Howard asked me to do some in-home sales training through the Act Group, and, and I did that. And um, my kids were four and six. I was spending about 100 days on the road and running a service company, and um, I just put my bags on the floor, and I said, Bob, I am not going to be a suitcase dad. And, um, so I put that aside and I said, if I ever got back into it, I'd write a book and I would not do it just for the money. So there's, um, there's, there's a connected values reason for writing the book. But, um, the short answer is this, I have been an entrepreneur for 35 years. The toughest game you'll play as an entrepreneur is about four inches long. That's in between your ears. And, um, most of that, you know, that the, the functions that certain path does a huge and a great job of, and that is, is just the blocking and tackling, accounting, finance, management, all that. And you don't, yeah. don't have to, don't have to reinvent the wheel. They're just there to help you. But that conversation that goes on, um, where you doubt yourself and your, your, it's high risk. And, uh, you know, uh, the hard facts of a small business are U S department of labor says that, um, out of all the businesses that start this year, 20% of them will be out of business in 12 months. And in five years from there, half will be out of business. So you've got a better chance at the blackjack table of being successful there than you do in starting a small business. So swirling the drain is about trying to reverse the flow, try to identify the things that could disrupt or even bankrupt your business and, and try to help you get back on path. Very good. What now? I am intrigued again as a writer by trade. What what was your process like putting this together? I mean, running a business, you're busy. I mean, were you doing it in the evenings, or you found time early in the morning? I, I'm just personally intrigued. By it. I, as I get older, I've always been an early riser, but as I get older, um, I don't even need an alarm clock, so I'm usually up around four thirty-five. So I'm a morning guy. I'm I'm, I'm fresh, then cup of coffee, and um, you know the concept was there. Um, and then it started with a, an outline. Um, and uh, now we're still writing the book and um, we're working on uh, where are we going to take the reader? I mean, what, what, what's the exclamation point at the end? What's the so what on, okay, you've done this, you've read this. This is what I really want you to take from this book. So, And you've been on a bit of a media tour. You've been talking to a lot of uh, Fox affiliates and some other affiliates, I think. So what's that been like? Why why have they been so eager to have you on? It's just a, a mess. You know, this is the most important reason that I want to be on this podcast with you because to all of the certain path uh, members out there, um, I, it, I lucked into this, Bob. Um, I was writing the book, but here's what happened. Uh, we have a great digital marketing uh, contact 
here and they do a great job. But he said, we need you to go shoot videos. Oh my gosh. We, I hired a guy who had a camera and he's, you know, he, he's actually a professional photographer for some local sports teams. And that guy said, Oh yeah, I'll shoot some videos. I'm going to tell you service contractors hiring their friends. It just doesn't end up well on it. It's really a lot of hard work and you need expertise. So I had a friend and his name is Jeff Crilly. He was a, he's, he's, um, he was a, uh, news reporter for uh, one of the local stations here. And he started a business called um, Real News PR. And I said, hey, Jeff, would you let me use your studio? Would you produce these videos? So I went in and started doing that. He started sharing his business. Well, we're both entrepreneurs. And he started telling me more about his business. And I said, I said, so could you um, help me shoot commercials? Absolutely, Brent. I said, but tell me about what you do. And so what, what Jeff's business does is he promotes your business in a different path in a different way. So we're starting to do podcasts, interview other small business owners. And what happened was Jeff sends out articles and what he does is he gets your face and your voice in front of, um, uh, news media outlets. Okay. And so for the last three months, uh, I've been swamped with doing Fox radio news, uh, uh, radio shows in the mornings talking about interest rates and how it affects small business and that kind of stuff. And it's just been a lot of fun, but here's what's happening. It's identifying me and connecting with me with the business locally and it's helping our marketing reach. So, really? um, I would great. just encourage others to maybe look at different ways to shoot your videos or those types of things, because it's expensive um, and it's very expensive. You try to do it on your own. Um, it's good because it's your time. So, yeah. Oh, 100%. And, that's, and that's really how it happened. So, so about twice or three times a month, I'm doing six to 10 Fox news radio shows in major markets throughout the country. Now I have to get up at four 30, not a problem for me. We start around six and I'm done by 10 and I'm right here at the office um, in the company and, it goes pretty quick. It's a lot of fun. Well, I was going to say, you, I can tell you enjoy it because you're, you're, you've are you're got a, a good body language about when talking about it. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. So if you know, not, why not, why do it, right? So um, before we yeah. kind of dig into some of the reasons why businesses fail, again, I want to give people more of a comprehensive uh, background on you. I know, you know, you, we, you talked about your earlier days, but maybe talk about, you know, why you eventually settled in Dallas and, and maybe talk about the story of Sirius Plumbing a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so I went to school. I'm an accountant trapped in a plumber's body. Um, I went to work for <laughs> just the truth. Um, yeah. Can't get out. Uh, but uh, I went to work for New York Life in Little Rock after school and sold for two years. A little bit of advice from my father and it was great advice. Um, but I really had a burning desire to want to own my own business. Um, I did not necessarily want to go a corporate route. And, um, I certainly was not going to be an accountant. Um, but I sure did appreciate, I just, I continue to appreciate the, the, the education. So, um, so I started a business in Richardson, Texas, not far from here with 50, uh, 50 page business plan, about 5,000 bucks started from the truck. We grew it. Um, and in less than five years, we sold it to service master and we turned that $5,000 into a couple commas. And that was great. Um, I did get my corporate experience there, got a, a much, some much needed polish in managing lean people. Um, some in the team would argue that maybe I, I still don't have the polish, but, um, it was a great trip. And so, um, a couple of, uh, different detours and helping a couple of buddies, um, repair some businesses, um, trade business. They had one was in Phoenix, um, but when my son was five, we said we would get back to Dallas and we started one, another one from scratch and um, bought my partners out. And we're here with serious plumbing and air conditioning and um, things are great. That's great. That's great. Maybe uh, share with everyone what, how you swerved in, in with us at Certain Path, which used to be Success Group International. I think it was in 2018. You were just looking to put a little little extra fuel in the fire. Yeah, well, my my story about putting the bags on the floor and going to be home, 
Jenny and I made a real intentional, uh, not as helicopter parents, but to be engaged parents. Um, so what I like to say is for about 10, 15 years, our, my, our company, Jenny and I, um, our company was a lifestyle business. It, it, it served us to be able to take care of things that were high, high priorities for us. So the kids get out of high school, last one gets out, and I said, what are we going to do with this business? And so um, Jenny, uh, I think she was serious about it, but a little tongue-in-cheek. She said, well, you're not going to retire. You're not coming back home. Um, you're going to work because I, I love working. And one of the things I want to say about this, I've never been in this business um, of owning business, being an entrepreneur, where I really felt like I was going to work. Um, yeah. You know, you have good days and bad days, but I love what I'm doing. Um, so, but uh, to answer your question, um, I had a good friend, uh, uh, Dave Crawford, good buddy of mine from Service Master Days. And funny enough, life just put him about maybe four or five blocks from my house. And he had been here yeah. for six months. I didn't even know it. Um, he had a birthday party and I, I ran into Ray last at the, <laughs> uh, at, at this birthday party. And, um, David suggested that I, um, take a look at what then was SGI and now certain path. And, um, yeah, I think I tell the story, uh, I've, I've told it quite often, but I said, Ray, why do I'm ready to write a check? Why do I have to go to Oklahoma city when your office is like two miles for me to sign up? I mean, well, Brent, we've got a process and, and that's really the truth for all certain path members. You guys really do have a, a process. And the reason that I joined is because all of it was up in my head. Certain path has it in a standard format, general vocabulary that everybody's using the same words, the same path, same process. So that like I talk about swirling the drain, you can move from owning a job, which is where you start when you start a business to owning a business. And, and, and so certain path, in my opinion, um, accelerated our goals on that. And so we've more than doubled size of business teams growing like crazy. And, um, and, and Jenny and I own a business now. That's great. And the profitability is where it needs to be. Cause that's the one thing a lot of, a lot of business owners get hung up on, right? Oh, we have how many trucks or what kind of revenue you're doing? Neither right. of which matter if you don't have any, any cash in your pocket. Exactly. Support for this podcast comes from Yellowstone Local. Are you a home service company struggling to find experienced employees to hire? Then you need to schedule a meeting with Yellowstone Local, the undisputed leader in helping home service companies build high-performing teams. Yellowstone Local doesn't just fill open positions, they shift your entire recruiting paradigm, changing your brand into a magnet for amazing people and helping you hire people that embody your vision, your drive, and your commitment to excellence. With an intentionally extensive approach, you'll have a partner that builds and executes the entire process for you, saving you time and money while getting the best results. So in an industry where your product is your people, don't settle for less where it matters most, Visit YellowstoneLocal.com today and experience a different way to hire. For more information, contact Warren Lentz at 512-962-2638. I do want to dig into our, our hot topic, you know, the reasons all businesses fail. And I think, you know, you, you outlined statistics earlier. I think, uh, especially in the trades, everyone got a little fat and happy the last few years, COVID, uh, Forced everyone in their homes. They're break. They're using everything more often. Things are breaking, so leads were plentiful. But uh, I know, and you know, speaking with our network of almost twelve hundred contractors across the country, you know, leads are getting a little harder. So you got to be a little better business operator. So I think it, it's great that we have you on uh, to talk about. You know, you can share some nuggets on on how to avoid failure. Um, in particular, you point to five reasons why people fail or why businesses. Fail. Can you kind of share? With everyone what those five are yeah um i and not necessarily in any of these or any of this order but um my order that i put it in is is the top five reasons small businesses fail is number one just lack of research and a plan um 
I think it was Michael Gerber who wrote the book, um, The E-Myth. He said that um, many entrepreneurs are failures before they start because they have what they call an entrepreneurial seizure. Um, I'm yeah. good at something. I'm just going to go start a business. But um, they're, they're, either, they're either running away from something or running to something. And those reasons we can talk a little bit about. Number two is, is quite simply, it's run out of cash. Um, either they don't have an appreciation for the numbers or financial side of the business, whatever those reasons, there can be many, but they run out of cash. Maybe they weren't, they, they were undercapitalized when they started, um, or they did things that put them in a tough cash position because of some of the decisions they made. Uh, number three, uh, lack of a marketing strategy. Your, your business plan um, is the engine, but man, marketing and sales is the gasoline that makes it run. So, so, so important to have a good uh, marketing strategy. Um, here's one that will kind of sneak up on you if you're not careful as you move from being an owner of a job to being a player coach and maybe a mentor to coaches is growing too quickly. Um, what can happen with, with growing uh, too quickly, out of control, not planned, is number one, worst thing you can do is lose the culture of your business. Um, the reason that you are who you are, what makes you unique, what you live for, what you what 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 are your what's your value system, can be compromised when other employees come in and hijack your culture, and that can certainly happen when you grow too quickly. Here's the big one. I think um, I probably saved the the most for last, and 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 I want to tell you that in any of these categories, I have failed miserably at. Um, but one, one that I will tell you still happens at certain path. My coach, Missy Jones, who's done a great job for our company. I just, I, I can't say enough good things about Missy. But owners won't seek help or they have pride. Um, and, and I will tell you most recently, um, pride will sneak up on you quickly. And we know that old thing, pride comes before fall. Um, more than once have I had to call Missy back and say, uh, Missy, you were right. I was wrong, and I'm sorry. And I'm ready to do whatever you tell me to do. Uh, yeah, climb that pole. I'll say how high. I do want to share one story with you. Is is that we decided to grow? Yeah, and it's right because if you want to talk about um, swirling the drain, what is it? It's it's don't do it like I did it. Uh, learn from the thousand mistakes that I've made, but just. I would say three or four years ago, we've been with Cert Path almost five years. And in year one, two, we were at Expo and Jimmy Dale was up talking about if you're a growing business, well, that's a breakout session I wanted to be in. Well, um, we had, had a little success and I, he said, look, if you want to grow to this level, and it was kind of in the zip code, well, the number we wanted to get to, the first thing you need to do is hire a recruiter. Well, this is what pride looks like. In the back of my head, I said, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I got to tell you, about two years ago, I said, man, we got a problem. We've got more demand than we have supply, and I need to recruit people. And I went, you know what? Timmy Dale's right. So number five is the biggest one, I think, Bob, that we all have to check ourselves and just say, hey, you know what? A little success, good's the enemy of great. Um, I know we've, we've said it before, but... Just a little bit of success can get you a little prideful and it boy, it, the world will smack you down quick. A good, that's a good lesson for all aspects of life. I don't think just this. Anytime we all think we're a little too hot, uh, God has a way of tugging us down a little bit, drowning yeah, us. Absolutely. So anyway, let's dig into so a little those bit. Those are the five. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. And I, I wanna I wanna delve in each a little bit. Uh it'll start with the first one. Research and plan. So when you're when you mention that, especially for small operators, guys that just started in the truck and they're just they're running one job to the next. Maybe they hired a, another guy to fill another truck. Not used to thinking about research and planning. So what do you mean by research? Yeah. So um, let's talk about those those four different phases as as I call them. Yeah. Um, you start out as owning a job and you're in a producer phase. You're really good at something. And because of that, and others have told you you're good at that, you ought to go into business. And that isn't necessarily wrong. Um, and and you move from producer phase, if you start to grow your business, you, you 
you start to own a job and then you start to create jobs. And that's an exciting thing. Revenue's going up, all kinds of good things are happening. And you enter into this technician slash mentor phase. And technician doesn't necessarily have to mean turn it wrench. It could be that you're an accountant or whatever your strengths are. But then you make that move if you manage your cash properly to leading the team and being a full mentor phase. I got to tell you that at certain past been instrumental in helping me with that. And they're not easy questions to solve. And then you move toward leading the mentors and owning a business. Well, in that plan, if you if you recall, I took a 50-page business plan to the banker who I went and asked for $10,000. Now, remember, most collateralized bank loans, um, if you give them five and maybe some collateral in other areas, they're going to give you a 20, 25, 30, maybe $50,000 line of credit. This banker, who has been a 35-year friend of mine now, felt so confident about my business that he gave me $10,000 line of credit, but he wanted the five in the bank. So right. I don't, I don't, I never let him forget that. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, but I will tell you that, I guess maybe measure twice, cut once. A little research. If you're thinking about going into a business. Um, I would research others who are already in it. Um, go have a cup of coffee with them. What are the top three pieces of advice they give you? Um, do the market research. Um, who has the most market share? Um, what What are the capital needs of the business? What are the things? How am I going to secure credit? Do I have I do I have a written business plan? And are those things I um, probably a little tough to get people to think about joining certain path before they start a business, but I don't know another place to spend my money better than to do that because they already have all those best practices available to them. And, and, um, you know, that's just, that's just my two cents on that. But, but you have to have a business plan. You have to understand how you're going to scale your business. Um, in that business plan addresses a lot of those other things we're already talking about. Sure. For sure. And you're right. I mean, uh, I didn't intend for this to be a, a, an auto plug for us, but it, it, we do have the, the budgets and well, it, Bob. It's going to be, be it's because I am here with you, not working out in the business because of cert pass. So you're going to hear me sprinkle this in and out. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Was just the truth. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. What now? When you're looking year year after year about you know trying to plan for growth, you what do you typically try and plan? And we're going to get into about growing too fast later on. But what, like, what do you, what do you, when you're building your plan for the next year, what do you kind of keep an eye on? Hey, it's a, it's a great question because literally an hour ago, we had our monthly meeting with the leadership team. I sit down, we have lunch, we talked about it. We had a 31% growth over prior month. We had a huge gym. It was the biggest month in the history of the company. And I, I visited with the leadership team and I said, how did you feel going through that? Well, yeah, it was a lot of work and we were a little stressed, but man, it's a great number. I said, look, I never want to see 31% over prior year for the entire 12 months. And then I showed him our budget and our plan for the year and that the, the, the growth plan really with Missy's help right now, we're, we're sitting in a crock pot. And we are growing, we're simmering a little bit, and we're learning and getting really comfortable with understanding our leadership positions. But we're also growing bench strength right now. We have team leads. So we're growing about 5 to 8% right now because we want this team ready and prepared to go on this next jump and this next wall. So what are we doing? We're storing cash. We're going to prepare to invest more in marketing. And, um, and we'll have the bench strength to handle that growth. So you, once again, you don't lose your culture. So the answer is it's, it is not a steady or static number. It's based on what your team can handle, but there's no doubt about it. If you grow too fast, um, you can easily outgrow, um, your, your cash needs in the business and, um, I'll say it again. That's why you got to talk to your coach. Um, one of the things I'm doing right now is uh, my next coaching call will be talking about our square footage, what we look like, what do we need to 
where do we need to be for that next jump? We're currently around five million and, and headed toward seven and a half. Uh, yeah. What does our space need to look like at seven and a half and eight million? Well, let's get that set up, and is it scalable? Um, and, yeah, all the stuff is lined out in in the tools that CertPath provides. I know it does sound like commercial, but it's just the truth. It really is. Um, but but those are the types of things you need to be thinking about. Other than like you said, when we open open the podcast was um, trucks and revenue don't equal a solid plan. Right. Absolutely. Now, I want to pivot into cash because you've mentioned it a couple of times. Um, you know, obviously, you you figured out cash flow over the years. But when you were a young entrepreneur, what are what are some ways that maybe you got in trouble with cash flow and, and some things that you see in talking with other contractors or our small yeah. businesses in general? Hey, in... Uh... In Swirling the Drain, I'm going to talk about how I have been inches from bankruptcy. And, um, and and I feel like I had a few tools to be successful in business. It is not a guarantee. There are pressures and there are things and you're going to make mistakes. Um, I remember talking to a bankruptcy attorney, looking at my options, trying to figure out. It was at that point where it that was the right conversation to understand as an option. So I just want to say to the group, whoever's out there listening is, is that, um, I, I have been inches from bankruptcy and I've had a lot of success. Um, but I think, and, and I will also tell you that as a small business owner, I don't believe if anybody is really growing their business, even in a healthy way, you're going to deal with cash every day, every week, every month, because that is your job. In the book, um, you'll hear that the first commandment of small business ownership is thou shalt not delegate the financials or the culture of your company. Those two are need to be with you the rest of your life. So if you think that there's some day out there, there are better days ahead always when you manage your cash well, but, and there are cash reserves. But if you're managing your, your, your cash properly, you're reinvesting, you're taking risks, you're doing things. Nothing stupid, but hey, making payroll every week is with you. Yeah, for sure. Do you think is it mostly an issue um, of say you know lack of sales, or is it uh, not being priced right, or all those things? I guess it just depends on the company. Yeah, well, you already hit my answer. I was going to say yes. It <laughs> you know uh, there's a there's a revenue curve, right, and then there's an expense curve, and Break even is at the X, right? Well, profits on the top side of that. Well, if if we have if we have a margin problem and our we're priced too low, well, guess what? We have less margin now. We're on a tighter curve, right? Um, if our labor's too high, um, if our ratios aren't 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 in 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 the proper relationship to what we have with our overheads, um, so that could be a key piece. Um, Really understand if we're just talking about the service business, which is what I what I know know best or or have the most experience in, is that you can have one great producing truck and one that's not doing well. If we don't address this, then all we're doing is breaking even. Okay, so you really have to get down to the key performance indicators, the KPIs of what's going on, and what I call the magic moment. The magic moment is when the technician is in front of the customer. If, if, if you're not you're not connected to that, because that's what drives the whole business. I'm glad you mentioned KPIs. You answered the question. I was going to bring those up next is how important they are to manage your business day by day. You know your guys and everyone's not hitting their key KPIs. You know you have an issue. Um, let me ask in terms of the other big one that, you know, KPIs, a lot of that's production. Uh, managing like materials and equipment. We get questions at certain path about that all the time, even from people that are are have run good businesses. They're they're good at selling things for sure. But in terms of capturing those net dollars, that that's a great way of losing of losing them is not having good processes. Equipment. How how do you guys manage that in a way to make sure you have a consistent percentage month after month and there's not those wild swings? 
Yeah, sure. So we're at the size and scope where we have a person who's in charge of just warehouse. Now we don't consign goods. We're, we have the luxury of being in Dallas, Texas. And the accountant in me would say, why would I pay for square footage to house things on my racks when they'll deliver to me and I don't have to pay for it until it's in my truck? So that's a personal decision. If you're where I grew up was Cuba, Illinois, and there's 1,200 people there, you may not have that luxury. But the answer to your question just from my business is we have a warehouse manager that takes care of that. Here again... We didn't used to have a, a warehouse manager, so we had to have somebody wear a couple of different hats. You get to a certain revenue level, and it can support the overhead for that position. And so we have the luxury of doing that, and that's how we take care of warehouse. It's critical. There are two things we have to manage: labor and materials. If we don't, if we if we don't do that well, I'm a golfer. If I give somebody too many strokes on the first tee, it doesn't matter how I play, right? If we don't get labor material correct, and and those aren't right, and we're not at the right gross margin at the at at, at gross margin level, we're dead before we start. So that's key. That's all about pricing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, that's, those are good nuggets. Thank you, Brent. I want to let's uh, pivot to the next one, and this is a great one. And boy, did we see this! We at certain paths have seen this a lot, especially the last few years. And that's growing too quickly. We've got a lot of very ambitious members that are are, are good at selling things. And they're good at with people, but sometimes they go, "Well, we we grew by a hundred percent last year. Let's yeah, you know." And all of a sudden, you've got burnout or all sorts of other issues. Um, and now again, with things slowing a little bit in some places, it, it's it's you know it's it's you know it's just a different environment. But I think the biggest issue I find people are growing too quickly is they they make mistakes in hiring. I think industry-wide, that's a big problem. I need I need somebody in a seat right now. I'm going to hire the first plumber that applies, and all of a sudden you go, oh, my God, this person is not a, a fit. Um, maybe speak to how important. You talked about hiring a recruiter, you know, in that role. How important is it to hire for core values? So you might not have someone who's the most technically competent yet, but you know they're the right fit for your business because they're a good person that'll treat your customers well. Well, and and we're going to go through these things and it's just going to line up where um, our solution internally, it's going to sound like another commercial, but um, but we use Yellowstone and then okay. we have, so Yellowstone, because we're all, all, all due to Jimmy Dale, but um, you have to understand what what area you're at. And we were talking about um, growing too fast. And before we before I answer your um, recruiting piece, the owner, and I think, I think certain path has this lined out, but there are what I call walls. There's a revenue wall. I read that, that revenue and expense thing where, you know, sometimes at a certain level, you maximize profit, you're making great margin and money and everything. And you make a couple different, and you get to a certain couple different changes. You get to a certain wall. The reason I think it's a great metaphor because it's just kind of hard to get over that one. It's at those points that the owner has to manage his cash, their cash and their their expenses, and they've got to know their numbers because that's where you can start swirling the drain. Um, you can go out of business at, at at a million, two million, just as easily as you can at ten. It may look a little differently, but it can happen just as quickly. And so for us, our team here at Sirius, we took a couple hats off of somebody who was our call center manager and they're playing into an office manager role. So she has an assistant call center manager. She has the role of recruiting. And she also is is doing a great job of working with Chris on on. Yeah, a little, a little more detailed, sophisticated advertising plans, marketing plans. Yeah. So that that individual can't spend 100% of their time recruiting. So we outsourced to Yellowstone. And let me tell you what, they have different levels. Well, I went all in because um, their top level of what I thought was w- what we should spend, there's no way I could hire somebody to do all that. And so our our office manager in training 
is only getting qualified. It's almost like putting flour in a sifter, right? And it, or, or maybe, you know, a funnel. We're only getting that conversation with that qualified prospect. So she's maximizing her time and conversation. That has been an absolute game changer for us. So, um, and I'm going to tell you, um, pride, you know, it's yeah. a pride thing. You know, I, I can read people. I'm, I could be, a, I, I can interview folks. I know a winner when I see it. Right. Maybe. I, I think I was like, oh, for 10 on trying to bring somebody from the field to management. Well, no, probably not any good at it. So let somebody else do it. And I don't like it. Right. That's the beautiful thing as the owner. You get to pick what you do as you grow. Only makes sense to do the things you do really well. So, uh, but, but you hit it. Recruiting is key. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my next question is, is you do a great job of replacing yourself in the business. And I think that's that's the big problem we see with a lot of these smaller businesses that are growing larger is the owner feels like he or she can still wear all 20 hats, right? And even though they're adding more and more people and more and more people and all of a sudden they're stretched thin and they're having a heart attack or, I mean, we've seen all sorts of crazy stories, but just talk to how valuable what. Maybe, maybe not that. Talk to how you got over that mental blockade of saying, I can't control every. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, um, and it's what, I, it's what I'm coaching our team leaders and managers to do now. But I don't know, maybe eight, 10 years ago, um, it, it certainly was, the concept wasn't mine, but the acronym is, I came up with it for myself. And it's DOM, D-O-M, Delegate Outsource Me. Okay. Oh, okay. And so, so everything I looked at and the challenge in our leadership meeting, somebody brought Dom up um, in our meeting just today. So maybe some of it's sticking, but you know, what can I delegate that somebody else can do better than me? It's, it's a good, it's a, it's a good investment and, and it's, it's, it's a good use of, of saving my time and having an expense. Who can I outsource this to or, or what level can I outsource this to, to a point where I don't have to get involved except for our step, the last two steps. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I got that turned around. I'm sorry about that. I delegate to my own team and I outsource yeah. people who do it better. And then, then what are the things that, you know what, and this is important just because you hire somebody and you want them to do a good job. I think Stephen Covey said it this way. If you have a garden, there's got to be a gardener. Somebody's got to weed it. Somebody's got to look at it. Somebody's got, don't assume that you hire somebody and then you're not going to onboard them and help them. But most importantly in these walls, make sure you understand what are the things that you still need to do because if you don't, it's going to cause a real problem for your business. It might be, it might be sales at a certain point. It may be accounting at a certain point it may be holding uh your one-on-ones uh, yeah. maybe your team's too young and they're not ready to handle that tough conversation when they have to either do a a pip or or unfortunately even have to handle a termination um so that would be my answer no those are all all key points also i i seem to remember at some point i don't know if it was a previous time you've talked but it, when you were in your early stages of with us, you and Jenny kind of wrote, you took the time to write down and document systems and procedures and how you expected the flows of business in or the flows of business within your business to, to occur, correct? You guys kind of created SOPs within your, your, your company? We did. Um, one of the reasons I joined CertainPath is, is that we did have SOPs and we had a certain way we do things. I have a spreadsheet that will make your eyes spin, okay? And it really has everything that's on the DMER. Okay. Now, DMER is so much easier to understand than what I have. And why would I put my team through that frustration, right? So we sat down and looked at things and I had a file that it was how I ran the business. Yeah, and so there were there was about a four or five year period where I converted that to 
easy to understand KPIs that 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 wouldn't make your eyes spin, and that, that there were too many. That, that, I'm sorry, there were there were just a few things to to look at, and if we managed those, everything would go well in the business. And um, what I learned in that process is is that it's a it's a really cluttered, busy place up here between my ears, and and <laughs> um, there's an easier way to communicate some of this stuff. Um, I think. I, the- I, it's the difference between being an inch wide and a mile deep, right? Yeah. Uh, on yeah. certain things, when really all you need to do on certain things is be an inch deep and a mile wide. Um, you know, some people would argue that, but you know, what time is it? I don't need to know how the watch runs. Support for this podcast comes from Ream. Brothers Richard and Donald Ream founded Ream Manufacturing Company in Emeryville, California, in 1925. The company has produced a number of cutting-edge products since 89 years of operation. Today, Ream is North America's only manufacturer of HVAC, water heating, pool and spa heating, and commercial refrigeration solutions. For more information, go to ream.com. The point I was I was trying to make is uh, in having those doc, those things documented, and you you said it yourself, you boiled it down, you made it easier for that middle management that you're putting in place that may be green, right? You're coaching them up. But you make it easier for them to understand what they need. I think what happens in a lot of growing businesses is they'll promote a, a great technician into a service manager role, and then that owner doesn't coach that manager on how to do that that job. You know, they don't give them any any KPIs or certain steps that they need to follow. So I think that's just a big lesson. I was trying to just to, to illustrate there is is you did that in your journey and how important what, it is. Yeah, one of the things you might be touching on that I would share with um, certainly new members to certain path um, that, that, that listen to this is there is so much information. Um, find, get with your coach and identify what the top three things are to do. It's kind of like going down a river with a big Canyon, right? Okay. All I can see is that next big turn. Okay. You and your coach are in this boat together. And your most important three things is to keep paddling your boat, go into those three most important things, get them done. You get around the turn. Guess what? There's another turn down there and there's another answer and there's another three things. Don't worry about the thousand things that you see go, oh my gosh, I've got all this to do. It's impossible to do it all at once. And, um, you know, that's especially for the new folks. That's why. EP is so important um, to help clear your mind. Uh, I promise you, you'll go to EP. I promise you they said it, but you didn't hear it in the first trip. But the second one, it's like you just found a new gug- a nugget of gold. And then you go, they, if they'd have said that last time, I would have caught that. You just weren't ready to hear it. <laughs> hear it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's it's a fire hose. And sometimes I'm you- going to EP in, in November. I'm, oh, that's I'm, great. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Um, I want I want to pivot to your your last bullet, bullet point. It's a big one. It's it, owners won't seek help. Yeah, final reason you you suggest or you mentioned that small businesses fail, probably all businesses. So, how, uh, I mean, you you've been very gracious and giving us a lot of credit at certain path for helping. But how about this? I I love how you have said in your different tracks of business. You know, at certain path we call managers. You know, building managers. You say mentor. I love that that terminology. I think it's a great. So how important is it for you to spend that time with your leaders to mentor them about the business, helping them get to your level and learn more and um, better at what they do? So you mentioned that you do one-on-ones, maybe talk about some of the other things you do, coach them and help them get better. Yeah. I, uh, I, but let's just talk about the last expo I went to. Uh, We were in DC and I went, and I usually sit in the back of the room, got my laptop out, I'm taking notes, um, and I'm typing, and I'm really planning out my next 90 to 180 days. And I got to about the, I think the first day and a half or two, I, I got to tell you, Bob, the next day I wasn't in that room, I was up in my hotel room pounding out what I was going to do, and the most important, you just hit on it, are one-to-ones. Um, one-to-ones with every key person, 
But what I heard at the last expo that is just like loud in my ear is you have to grow. If you're going to, if your business is going to grow, you have to grow at a rate faster or at least as much and keep up with the growth of your company or it over on you over. And, and you might lose it. Um, and the other one was if you're not onboarding your direct reports and you're allowing somebody else to do that, that's a recipe for disaster. Well, that was just enough for me to hear that I just got in my room and I seriously, I mapped out the next uh, 90 to 180 days and a lot was around one to ones, but I'd had somebody in a team position as a direct report and I went, you know what? I never really onboarded them to their position. And, um, you know, number five is what you're talking about, pride. Um, I, I believe it was a, a military general from World War II, but, and I can go find it, but the, the, the quote is, when I have a problem, I start at my desk, put my pen here, and I start drawing circles. And I look at the first person it touches, and there's the first part of the problem. Well, it's just a fancy way to say, you know what? Look in the mirror. You're probably 90% of the problem. Well, I don't go to Expo, and I don't have a little time to get away from the business, and I don't sit down there and cast. Believe me, I, I'm a pretty confident guy, and that's just code word for sometimes getting a little puffed up. I mean, it happens to us all, but sure. um, the world will smack us down. But I just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And, and it was like, man, look at what I've done to a direct report for two years. Not onboarding him, spending the time. And, it, and, and he has blossomed like a flower. And, and guess what? Guess, guess who the part of the problem was? It was me. It wasn't him. You know? so. What was that conversation like with a guy that, or gal that you said was doing really well and went, hey, Joe, you know, I realized I didn't set you up. You're doing great, but I didn't set you up for success as much as I did. So what, like, what, what's, what's that, how was that, that conversation? Yeah, so I, I was telling you about what, what do I want a reader to, to leave with from this book? And it is, yeah. it, what's the so what? Um. I think it's Jim Collins who wrote um, Good to Great and Level 5 Leadership. Um, level 5 leader looks like if they, if, if you removed them from the organization, thing would just keep growing. And so one of the keys to being a better leader is, is that if you screw up, you better say you're sorry really quickly. So when I got back, I sat down and said, hey, guys. Just got back from Expo. Here are the things I learned. This, these are the things we're going to work on. My key is to make sure that you're set up to be successful, and I've let you down. And I don't know that I've properly onboarded you, but we're going to enter into these one-to-ones. Now, we do it on a weekly basis. We have, I'm a, I'm a little concerned about it, but we're so darn busy in the summer that um, we have an upfront agreement that they can come in. We cut the time down. But they can come in and ask me anything they want to. Here's the interesting thing that has changed in the dynamic um, is they now are coming into the office, my office, and saying, hey, I got a problem. You got a minute? Instead of me trying to go, do you see this problem? And I think that's the manifestation or the, <clears throat> the evidence that the one-to-ones, you're really working the problem for them. And I, you know, I don't mind, I'll, I'll turn my laptop here that that deal right there's a whiteboard behind there we open up we save notes and we get up there and we and we whiteboard things and instead of being their boss i'm their coach and i'm their mentor um you know hey there are tough conversations sometimes you gotta have sure because you can't come in and tell the coach that you scored a touchdown when the ball's laying on the ground and, and, and the other team, right? Now, so, sure. But that doesn't have to be a difficult or a contentious meeting. They're, they're trying to get to their goals. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, we use, um, I try not to use a lot of an athletic analogies. I was an athlete in my past, but, um, but we do use words like team member, 
rather than employee. We use coaching, mentoring. Um, you know, we use producer, mentor, motivator, those types of things. So I think words matter. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. And guess what? Words never die. So, and you can't eat them back up once they come out. And, and we've all got them and we've all got the oh, thoughts. Yeah. It's a lot better sometimes to let things roll around in your head. For sure. You know, um, I think those difficult, difficult become easier. And I'm sure you can attest to this because you have such common or so such regular one-on-ones, you developed rapport and a trust. And they know when you don't just go to them when there's something wrong and they go, oh, I'm going to hear you get beat up. You have a, you have this, this bond, you know, this, this relationship and they know you have their best interests. And I think for people that always worry about, oh, I, I don't like these awkward conversations. Well, I think I would say to them, they're going to be le- a lot less awkward if you go through these, the effort of meeting with your people regularly, building those relationships, right. And, and letting them know that you care about their success. I just, I, that was just something that resonated with me in hearing you talk. Since we went so deep on this, let me give you the four things we have in those meetings. One is sure. we go over the KPIs at a, at a high level. Tell me about your team. Who's doing well? Who's struggling? What are you doing to help them? Um, what are your top three goals for the week? And how do they line up with your goals for the month um, and the year? And then how can I help you? And and that's all. That's what we talk about. Sure. And... Uh, yeah, it's it is the most fun I have every week. Yeah, and I bet those four questions lead to thirty minutes, sixty minutes. It's real easy to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. Well, good stuff. Well, I just I really appreciate all your time. I really do. This is fun. I just kind of have a handful of questions just to kind of wrap up. I mean, you've been so so kind and and speaking highly of certain path throughout, but just kind of in summarizing, what is certain path meant to, to Sirius and, and you in particular during this, this journey with us? If I, if I could just wrap it into one sentence or a couple of sentences, I have a hard time saying hello in five minutes. So is that certain path reset our trajectory for the future? Okay. We might've been on, we, we were always going up and to the right. But the, when I talk about trajectory, it is a clearly defined different curve that we're growing on. And it's because certain path accelerates the growth if you will listen to your coach. I hope Missy watches this because I'll listen to her. Tuck your pride and and understand that there are a thousand contractors out there um, refining best practices and giving feedback to these coaches and, and that kind of thing. So they're able to share, hey, look, um, you can go down and to the right. This is probably what's going to happen. We've had a thousand contractors do that and the right doesn't work. It, that is not a metaphor. I got to change that somehow. Um, maybe we, we, we divert our path to how the success goes here and a thousand contractors have been successful in this way. So, um, the other thing I would say is as you as we got through the first two or three years, as I got into a tag group, uh, the accountability group, um, I look forward to that every month. And um, it's, you know, four or five other, six other contractors throughout the country about the same size. And we're going through some of the same problems and we're sharing some. It, let me tell you what, the loneliest place in the world, I'll talk about this in the book, is to grow your own business because if you're successful at a certain point, only 3% of the world represent entrepreneurs and risk takers. Well, there are certain conversations you just can't have with your friends at church or your, your golf buddies or, or whatever it is you do, your fishing buddies, because not all of them, it's only 3%. It means 97% out there don't have a clue about what you're talking about. At certain path, you're with a family of contractors or, or members that do what you do. And the conversation just starts like that because you're, you have a common vocabulary. You're all working toward the same thing. And, and I think that's the beauty of certain path. 
How about we get a lot more and more people that listen and watch that are not members? Uh, you know, a lot of small co contractors. What do you say about the investment to be a, a part of something in terms of, hey, it's 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 worth the, the investment to, to join a group and, and to have all these resources and people to help you in your. Well, I, I think you said it right there. It's not an expense. It's an investment. If, if, if I had a little bit of advice to give to any uh, entrepreneur or risk taker, small business owner, marketing is not an expense. It's an investment. And when you invest in the market, you invest in what we call dollar cost averaging. That's the same amount every month over time and things through compounded interest work. Well, I would say the same thing about certain path. If you're a one and done, I'll do this, I'll try this for a year. Um, I would say probably don't join because I don't see that as a success path. Um, it's a commitment to number one, tuck your pride, um, admit the things that you need help in and stay with that kind of, uh, I guess it's it's probably a humble approach, and I don't mean humble in, in in bowing down. Humility to me is, and getting rid of your pride is this, walking in or waking up every day, going to the office and saying, I'm going to learn something new today. I don't know it all, and um, and I have something to learn, and I have something to give. And that would be my message to folks who are thinking about joining CERC path. Go in with an idea that I have something to give and I have something to learn. And that's that to me is real true hu humility. So that's a good that's a good um okay. Just in, in completely wrapping up, the book it sounds like still in production, or how how far away from from uh print are we? Yeah, book book will probably get released um in the fourth quarter. I I really want to make sure that we're answering the question, where am I taking the reader? And I think what I'm taking where I'm taking them is hey, you can do all these things. Here are the keys to being in a small business. And the book is not specifically directed just at or even a, a trade business. But the most important thing you guard are your financials, the culture, and your mindset. Okay. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. The market's going to be up. It's going to be down. What are you doing to keep yourself in a checked position where you're focusing on the positive and not the negative? And when you don't understand something or you're having a problem, what's your process to take care of that? You've been successful in the past. So try to understand you a little bit more and try to understand and know that, hey, Instead of focusing on the outcome, I'm going to focus on what my process is to be successful. And that's that's really what it's about. So it'll be out the fourth quarter, um, swirling the drain, why small businesses fail and how to stop those leaks. Looking forward to it. Do you know how you're going to distribute it yet? Are we going to get online or we still got to figure that out? Well, yeah, I'm, I, 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 when I got off the road speaking, um, it's funny enough because if you've got the time, I, um, I said, I wasn't going to do it just for money. So, and I'm not going to do it full time. I, I think most I'll do is 40, 50 days a year. Um, so the book is really a menu of services about what do you want me to talk about? And, um, and, the the opportunity there perfect would be this Jenny and I would identify the top 12 or 15 cities we love in the country. And I would, I would do something on a Thursday, Friday, similar to what we're doing right now. Yeah. Maybe a little bit like a workshop or keynote and she'd fly in. And on Sundays, um, I would find my denomination and, and go, go share a little bit more in a deeper way about how do you own a business and live your faith and try to match those up together. Very cool. Well, that's good stuff. That's exciting. Yeah. Hey, man, I really appreciate all your time. Uh, this was a really enjoyable conversation. Thank you for your patience and figuring out the technical parts of it earlier. <laughs> but we made it work. I think that was yeah, I think that was my fault, not yours. You do this every day. All right. That's all right, man. No, it, we got it done. So this was a lot of fun. I think people are going to take a lot of great time. Thank you for, for taking the time with me. I deeply Thanks for having me on, Bob. Appreciate it.
I hope you've enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from PulseAm and Customer Lobby. Successful CertainPath members like you know the value of thinking like a customer. We've got the tools to help you do just that. Enter PulseM Plus. Combining the power of PulseM and Customer Lobby to enhance your customer's journey by creating value at every touchpoint. We've helped hundreds of CertainPath members like you win and retain more business. PulseM Plus utilizes PulseM's industry-leading reputation management capabilities to help you build out the early stages in your customer's journey and maximize your online reputation through Google reviews. Then PulseM Plus keeps your customers coming back by incorporating Customer Lobby's powerful retention platform using postcards, emails, and text messages to send the right message at the right time to encourage repeat business. And as a certain path member, we'll waive your setup fees. For more information, please visit get.pulseM.me slash PM dash plus dash certain path. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. Certain Path builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. Let us show you the way. With Certain Path, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information.